Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber, and this week on Project St. Peter. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I know. I wish we had a little jingle. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we're gonna get we'll get to that in a minute. Little theme song. We'll get to that in a minute because I'm really happy we got to talk to Mr. Keith Clark again yeah. tonight. And this is part three of our ongoing Project St. Peter series with him yeah, as we try to unpack this wild stuff that exactly. is part of the uh Metascience Foundation. Metascience Foundation and George Meek and if some of you are new to this, like you and you've heard of Spiricom, um George Meek was Yeah. 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 So first though, yeah, sorry about last week. We didn't we didn't do a show last week. I think it's the first time we haven't done a show since October of two thousand eighteen. We haven't we haven't had a week off since then, I don't think. Um but uh we had some logistics issues and uh we just said, you know what, let's do, we're just going to take the week off. So sorry about that, guys, but we needed, we needed a week off anyways. Um, this whole shut-in thing, to be honest, it's getting – I think it's getting a little harder on me personally now because it is kind of – I hate to say this, and I don't know about you, Amber, um, but I'm kind of enjoying just kind of lounging. I mean, we're staying busy. We always have stuff to do, and we're working, and – we're being productive people still, but I don't like be, not being able to go out and comfortably get snacks. Well, that that's one thing I agree with, but I kind of I, I feel hate. like everything's an infection out there. Like everyone's just infected, and which I know is not the case. I mean, hopefully, most people, if they feel sick, are staying home. But I just don't like that feeling. That's the only thing I don't like, and I don't know if we'll have to all be going back to work in a couple weeks or week and a half. About that's where I'm, but I'm kind of like looking. I'm. Thinking about what may be coming down the pipe now, and I'm like, man, I kind of just like, I haven't really worn a pair of pants in a month and a half, and it's it's just been wonderful. Well, I'm sorry, it's been wonderful. I, I've enjoyed it. I'm lucky that I work at a place that we're we're gonna have to go back, maybe, but we still won't be open to the public, and we'll be doing some just alternative, yeah, um, services at uh, the library I work at, but. Yeah. I, it's still weird, like going and mingling with the other humans. See, that don't bother me. See that? I, I mean, everyone's being cool, but like I said, there's just someone that's, I don't know, they, they don't I mean, know I they're enjoy, sick. I, and... I enjoy talking to people, but I mean, have I really missed it that much? And I know it's funny for somebody who does a podcast, but have I really missed fraternizing and hanging out with people? It really hasn't bothered me all that much, to be honest with you. This has been a really a kind of a weird eye opener for me. Uh, I'm not depressed, I'm not down. Uh, you know, we, we I'm, I'm plenty busy uh, and I'm not really yearning that social interaction there is. And yeah, you know, what? I, but I will say like, you know, the neighbors here, we're kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're respecting the six foot rule, but I enjoy it. Uh, neighbor, Brad, neighbor Brad on the right here, uh, who's been on the show before he comes over. We've been having a few nights on the porch, just chatting and having a, having a, having a cocktail. And the same thing for my other neighbors, Brian and Amy, uh, We've been getting together with them and just kind of hanging out and respecting the six foot rule. So it is nice. I do really enjoy that. But I'm thinking about what may come down the pipe now. And I'm kind of like, that's where I'm getting depressed because I'm like, it's kind of nice not having to be any. Because I just, you know me, I'm well, always on the road doing something. Just, and it's like, I, can't, I I'm kind of tired of it. I just hope that they don't push us back outside too fast and then all of a sudden like we get a second surge and then have to go all back, start this all over again. Well, that's the big decision that's being made right now and that's why people are debating about and this stuff is, you know, how is it too soon? I think maybe some some places like lawn, lawn care and stuff could maybe start going back, uh, but I don't know if it's necessary for everybody, especially if they can work from home 
or it's just not that pertinent to open the place up. I mean, like, for example, with libraries, we can offer a lot digitally. And I mean, I don't yeah. I don't know. I, it's We're not going to close because we're not that type. We don't have to rely on dollars and cents. You know, we're, we're not a for profit thing. So we'll be OK no, no matter when we open. Yeah. Um, but other people, I understand they got to they got to get back to work and start making money or they're going to lose their business or their job. So I get it. But if we don't handle this right, we're going to be starting from square one again. Yeah. And so I, we don't anyway, want, we don't want that. Um, no. But I hope everybody out there is safe and you're healthy. We're thinking about everybody out there. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening to this show. If you're listening yeah. right now, we super appreciate that. It means a lot to and us. And this you. is a this is like we said, we're unpacking Project St. Peter here. And if you haven't Man. gone, I mean, you could start here, I guess, if you really wanted to. But I think you'd be totally confused. So well, thankfully, really, Keith kind of did some. He did some. He did some. He, intro yeah, stuff he prefaced, again but just yeah. a reminder: if you're just fired up this show and you're listening to us do this intro, if you haven't listened to Project Saint Peter Let's one link and two, up. let's link them up in yeah, this they'll post. be linked. You know, you can always Google them or, or search your podcast uh, for Keith uh, J Clark. Yep, um, look for those previous ones. But there's two others, fairly long, um, but that's kind of the. Start well, of once you start getting into this and we start going through the material, you just lose and time. Weird. You know? uh, and, and we were happy to do that. And I'm happy we got to talk to Keith again, uh, especially after not doing something last week. This it's, is a great way to get back into it again. Yeah. And this is God knows how long it's going to go on because it's like oh, we, there's we so are many. Just, there's so much there's material. There's so much in this and it's fun. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we talk about Project St. Peter again with the mighty Keith J. Clark. Thank you again for coming and spending some time with us. Um, we've had you on here uh, several times talking about Project St. Peter, right? And the one thing I want to say um, is the amount of time you put into this just to come and talk with our little show here. Um, it really is staggering and it's very humbling. I, and I wanna, I've been meaning to say like thank you for putting all this time into this and coming here and joining us, but especially putting all this time into and uh, all the notes you give us to, to talk about this thing. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you. That's very kind of you. Actually, thank you for having me back on the show. Yes, yes. And we're really excited to talk to you again today. Um, well, we were left off on our exciting saga last time you were here. <laughs> uh, and this is what this really is an exciting saga. Project I'm, I'm not Peter. being sarcastic. It's, it's super cool, right? Um, one of the things we did talk about last time was that you and our dear friend, Tim Woolworth, uh, who's been on the show several times, um, you guys have been working together, and I mean, as far as meta science is concerned, we talked a bit about meta science, the Meta Science Foundation, last time you were you were on, and I mean, you guys are actually making a, a, a move towards trying to revive this thing. I mean, and I don't know what state it's in exactly, but you guys are trying to more or less. I don't want to. I hate to use the term. Raise it, it from the raise dead. Raise it from the dead. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But that's something you guys are trying to do, though. Am I correct? 
It is, and the reasons for that are because MetaScience Foundation uh, was an organization that was around the 1980s and 90s. Their primary purpose was the study of consciousness and life after death and healing and all things, I would say, paranormal. It was headed up by a gentleman named Mr. George Meek. He was very passionate about it. And during the course of the time that he was involved in this organization, there were many people that worked with him. Um, in a lot of cases, it was very technical. Uh, there are a lot of different stories. In fact, this kind of reminds me of one of the series you would see on Netflix that has twists and turns. And we have a passion for it. Um, we are – our passion is not only paranormal but also ITC which is known as instrumental transcommunication. Yes. Which is the the smaller field in the paranormal that basically deals with communication with non-physical personalities through electronics. So we we come at it with a purpose. We come at it knowing that there is the potential for communication and there's the potential for human evolution. So we all have a, a burning passion and desire in our hearts to uh, essentially share whatever truth we find. Now, we're not going to say that it's all true, that it's, some of it's fiction, some of it's not. We don't know if it was always real. We have some good ideas and opinions about some of these things. Yeah. But this organization was around a long time. And w- once we started, we became aware early on that an issue that was we were having was when people were dying, basically, they were transitioning um, they would have websites or they would have books or they would have bodies of work that would tend to just kind of disappear. And we were familiar with how long Metascience Foundation had been around and we were familiar with – most people have heard of Spearcom. Oh, yeah. That's that's the biggest project associated with Metascience Foundation. And we still have a lot to share on that that has never been seen or heard. But the essence of it is we don't think – our history should disappear, right? So we have taken steps over the years. We started saying, uh, okay, we would like to preserve history. And then over time, it only took three or four years, People, random people started contacting us with boxes. Um, I had a shipment just appear to me one day <laughs> from New Hampshire. Yeah. And between myself, Timothy Woolworth, and Jeremy Michael Bloxham, as well as all the other people that have ever been involved in iDigital Medium or assisted along the way, because these are these are volunteer projects. Uh, these are things that we're, we do on our own time. We have basically a pile of stuff, a huge, huge pile of stuff. <laughs> and then we began to realize that since we believe in the generally the ethics of what Metascience Foundation stood for, which is basically ex- exploration, discovery, and dissemination of that information to people, we felt that we came to the collective decision to reinvigorate Metascience Foundation by recreating it and continuing that lifeline into this generation. ITC is something I've said, I've tr- you know, and, and explained this to people because I think a lot of people like to, to mix up the, the EVP phenomena with ITC. 
And what I always say is that, you know, EDP to me is a bit of more, it would be more the drooling hippie of the two. <laughs> and I mean, because really it is, it's bad, you know, okay, so maybe you have a device, maybe you have a recording device, but mainly when you're trying to capture EVP, most people just walk into a room and they may ask questions and they may get an answer, but they're really kind of just walking into a room and just hoping something may happen where ITC is a more directed effort. It's actually building devices using science, trying to under, you know, using proper science, I, I'd like to say, um, trying to find some hard answers on, on, on how to communicate with spirits, right? Or communicate with, you know, whatever, disembodied voice. I mean, people, there's a lot of different names, I guess we could call it. But to me, it's a directed effort. It's an actual effort that has some background and actually has some hard science under it. Would that be a correct assumption? Um, I, I think so. I think what happened was paranormal was here first, right? And yeah. then once EVP was discovered in the 50s, oh, it was discovered before then, but let's just say it was popularized in the 50s and it began its journey to what it became today. Mm-hmm. I think once uh, the paranormal communities appeared and the ghost shows began to appear in the 90s, um, EVP was just uh, conveyed and described and seen as just being one particular thing. Yeah. But but actually, I think it was probably in the 90s, there was a very well-known and respected uh, professor in Germany by the name of Dr. Ernst Sienkowski. So mm-hmm. I guess I should refer to him as a doctor. He's the one that coined the term instrumental transcommunication. Um, because at that time, they weren't just receiving sounds. They were receiving pictures on TVs. They were receiving all kinds of unique and different stuff. And so there was the need at the time to expand. However... I'm coming to find that you know the majority of people are familiar with paranormal. However, ITC is not a term that's generally uh, in the public consciousness. So we're kind of trying to, I would say, I'm adjusting the way in which I speak about uh, these types of things because ITC is, is a very broad and narrow term. But there is a dedicated community that works in that area daily, and they're not typically what you'll see uh, in the entertainment media. No, they're not. I think it's because it is more of a nuts and bolts area. It's a more of a nuts and bolts community. Um, the people that I've dealt with over the years with ITC, I mean, and let's just be frank. I mean, I don't want to go off into the weeds and, and bitch about TV and stuff like that. But the drama factor is very low with this type of stuff. It's more people that are like, okay, look, we have a goal here. What do we need to do to get to that goal, right? So it's more it's more of a goal-oriented type thing. And when you're just focused on the work, that dramatic aspect isn't there. So saying that, it wouldn't make very good TV, <laughs> which is that, that, which is okay, right? Go ahead. That, that's excellent. Well, the, the element of fear has been removed. Exactly. Uh, the majority of people. Yeah, there you go. It, it, it would be safe to say that in ITC, most of the, us are, for lack of a better word, fanatics because we're passionate about it. Yeah. We tend to understand it strongly. But we're commuti- we're doing these things because we know that communication is possible, whereas – Paranormal, at least in the past, tended to be, oh my God, what's happening? Where, what are we going to find? You know, the kind of the excitement that's surrounding it. But we're hoping yeah. we can get people excited about the other aspects of it. And, and I mean, I see the side. Well, I see it. That's all I really do is see it. Um, mm-hmm. The other side of this thing where you do have that excitement. Okay. Um, it's equivalent to riding a roller coaster. It's that it's that idea, right? It's that thrill that people get. And they want, and they see that out and about there in media. And they want to experience that. I, I yes. get that. And I think, I mean, I know when I was very young, I experienced that also. And I think like a lot of people studying this stuff for so many years, you just move along, you get past that. 
then you start getting excited about the real hard things like ITC, right? Uh, the, as in a hard science and things like that. That's what's exciting because this is where I think the potential is. Um, if you really have an interest for this, for the for paranormal, let's say for the for the for the field of this, uh, and for what I think the forefathers since time immemorial, <laughs> uh, you know why they started doing this stuff, like why they wanted. What there had it had to start with somebody going at one time in our history saying, "Hey, man, you know, um, so we're here on this planet and we're doing stuff, but." I wonder if there's something else out there, uh, you know, and it had to start with somebody asking a question uh, and, and it's led to where we are at this point, at least here right now in this studio, when we're all talking, uh, asking these questions and, and ITC actually has the potential or gives people the potential to maybe get these answers. Right. And that's why I think it's very exciting myself. That's exactly right. And, um, uh... Like I said, we're adjusting. I'm adjusting. I'm adjusting my terminology. And Tim and Jeremy have had, and other volunteers that have assisted with ParanormalStudy.com. Yeah. Uh, so actually between us, we have five sites. Um, or five or six. My but they had, they've had a lot of success in um, growing their website and social media by um, focusing on the paranormal community. And so we began to realize that you know, the other thing is experiments are fun. And when you're younger, you're like, oh, it's great. This person wrote a book. That person wrote a book. And you're devouring all the information, right? Yeah. And then you, and you get to a point one day where you stop and you say, okay, now, and that this is going to sound kind of crude, but uh, just about everybody's gone. <laughs> they're either getting older or they're not around. And then yeah. you suddenly realize, hey, we kind of have a responsibility to continue the education. So not only do we get to do experiments, now – we get to bring that old information, which is still relevant, back to the surface and educate people. And by educating them, we hope to also excite them because we're going to show them how to do their own experiments in all kinds of new ways that have never been seen before. And yeah. That's actually my passionate aspect of that. I think where we're at right now, and I mean, again, I'm talking about the elephant in the room. And I've been encouraging people to do this you know, on social media, wherever it may be. Uh, with us all being kind of shut in and stuff like that, I think it's a good it's a good opportunity right now. And I, you know, and I that's why I'm really excited to talk to you again about this stuff uh, and get this out there to people uh, because we're kind of all kind of shut in right now. Uh, those of us that are being good, I guess, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Not not our friends here, at least here in Lansing, Michigan, who are out there protesting and stuff like that. But um, you know, we have we have time now, and I, you know, I think some people, yeah, they're getting kind of bummed out about being shut in, uh, and they're focused on that. Where I've been focusing on, man, I got all this neat stuff I can do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to be at a million places, and so I've been kind of just diving into these passions, and this is one of those things I've been kind of reading up on a little bit too. So, I mean, I implore people that are listening to this show right now once we start getting into this material to go back to the older shows. And I think then we do this on the, uh, the last show we link back to the, other, the, the first show too. Maybe we'll just keep piggybacking it like that. And we'll, you know, keep referring back to the older shows for people that have maybe, maybe are hearing this installment for the first time. Right. We, right. We did. And, uh, I still have to post the last one on YouTube, uh, that's my, oh, yeah. de my delight, but also on, um, if you have anybody wants to see the notes that we discussed, literally the notes that we're going through one by one yeah. are the same notes that are on the iDigital Medium website. Uh, just go to our articles or just type in, go to Google, type in iDigital Medium Project St. Peter, and you can follow these notes. 
And I intentionally highlighted certain words. Yes, you did. For those, for those of you that are technical or for future reference later. Yeah. I, feel, I kind of feel like sometimes with this project, I'm interpreting something akin to the Bible. <laughs> it's, it's a it's, very strange feel. It's heavy stuff, man. It's heavy yeah. stuff. My goodness, it's so heavy. Uh, and that link uh, that you just said, we'll make sure we put that as part of the post also. I think we've done that for the last two shows we've done together on this thing. So we'll have that there also. So I guess let's just dive in. If, if you're cool with that, uh, if, you, if you don't mind, let's just dive right into the material. Uh, and what we're, what we're doing is like we've done the last couple of shows. We're kind of doing the broad strokes. Am I correct? As far as what we're talking about here. That's correct. Yeah, and cool. uh, this, this goes in line with what you just said about us the world as we are now i kind of feel like we're we're repeating a cycle the other day when i saw the the video of uh was it called one world but you know the live concert that they did with yeah. the different musicians it reminded me of the 80s and the uh are you talking not not what was it live aid yes that's it live, live aid. aid yeah oh yeah we are the world yeah right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got Bruce Springsteen up there just letting it go. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting Queen. video. Queen's up there. Yes, Queen. Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean, I didn't, sorry, I didn't mean to take us into the weeds. But yeah, what were you saying? <laughs> no, actually, I took us into the weeds. And the reason <laughs> I did that is because as you read this material, yeah, um, I'll give an intro to Project St. Peter here in just a second. Yeah. As you read this material, you'll see that it is portrayed in a way not to try to get somebody to go out to build a device, uh, not to try to impress somebody with information, it's actually written in a way where they're saying um, the world wants to change. The world needs to change. And the intention of this project and this was to build a device. And the intention of that device was to bring through information that all of humanity could use. Uh, information regarding science, weather, uh, social issues, all of these types of things. So to, to, so to start from the beginning... This is our third installment of Project St. Peter. Yes. Project St. Peter is a project um, by the Metascience Foundation, which we just discussed was around in the 80s and 90s. <clears throat> What's special about this project is it went on for a year and a half. It was very well documented. And here's the story. So George Meek ran Metascience Foundation. He researched life after death and other things. One day, a medium showed up at his doorstep and said, I am here to help you. She claimed to be a telepathic communicator. <clears throat> she must have convinced Mr. Meek of her abilities because after a period of time, he began to work with her. She began to channel messages, and as time went on and his faith in her uh, grew larger, they began a project called Project St. Peter. Now, this project was secret. It wasn't public. We're not aware of these documents existing anywhere in the world. We think so far there's probably only one copy in existence. Um, currently, it's 12 thick blue binders. And so what it was is this telepathic medium would channel entities or people from the other side or heaven, what have you, and they would bring through information to try to explain um, to potential donors as well as the people building this technical equipment. They were trying to explain <clears throat> how they wanted to bring through an advanced system of communication. And they did this by giving lectures. 
So this telepathic medium would stand in front of this class. Inside the class would be George Meek, the people that worked with him, people that he employed. And this is, a lot of them are full-time. In fact, we discovered that the amount of hours they worked on this project was, was between 15,000 and 20,000 hours. Okay, so it's another reason, another reason why I say, wow, oh my God, what, what the heck were they doing yeah. all this time? <laughs> all right, so picture in your mind, there's this class. You guys have seen uh, college lectures on, in movies and stuff, right? I mean, cool. I don't know if... Yeah, you, of course, yeah. I've, I've never attended one in person. I unfortunately did not go to college. But <clears throat> so imagine everybody's sitting in chairs. There are people from the U.S. government. There are people from IBM. There are people from the Fetcher Corporation. There are people from the Lilly and Squibb Pharmaceutical Company. There are just different people from different companies that uh, are big, for lack of a better word, potential donors. There are models in this room, models meaning uh, like a spaceship, a space shuttle, and a building, and things like that. And so this medium would stand in front of the class, everybody sitting down, they would turn on the video recorder, they would turn on the tape recorder, this medium would then enter her special space, and she would begin to channel. As she begins to channel, um, basically she says that there is a group of people in spirit, like a, like a, uh, I'm drawing a blank. What what are some big organizations that handle everything in the world? They're focused on everything in the world. Oh, geez. Just uh, name one. <laughs> Microsoft. <laughs> Nowadays, <laughs> Google. Oh, no, no, I mean organizations like for worldwide handling man managing countries. Oh, geez, I don't know. I can't think of the word for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Okay, uh, so the the Illuminati. No. <laughs> No, but so basically, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, all these famous people started coming through. You know, the list of famous people—it's a long list. There's at least fifty-three, and it includes everybody from President John F. Kennedy to um, Einstein, Doctor Einstein, mm -hmm. to a lot of different people. Okay, so before we proceed into the content, let's just say that. The reason why we're doing this show is because this is an amazing story that's the most, the craziest thing I've ever read. It's either the biggest hoax perpetrated on a very, uh, you know, on a, a man that meant well, George Meek, or there's information here that was meant for humanity and somebody's going to come along, some of you technical people, some of you, you know, physicists. People that deal, you know, engineers, people that deal in these kind of things are going to come along and you're going to read it at some point, whether it be now or 10 years from now or 20, and they're going to see, draw parallels and concepts regarding how to communicate with people in spirit or other dimensions is going to become clear, I believe, that uh, there is an essence to this. So, <clears throat> so we've already had an address in the first two Project St. Peter's by President John F. Kennedy. Dr. Einstein, Dr. Albert Einstein, takes the floor and begins to give a lecture. Mm -hmm. What's interesting when he gives these lectures is he talks funny. <laughs> <laughs> he talks in like he talks in like parables, you know, like they do in the Bible. Yeah. You know, Jesus told a story and he tried to get the message through. That's how this Dr. Einstein speaks, and it's very interesting. 
And so the essence of Project St. Peter is they were going to build two devices. One of them was to receive, one was to transmit. But here's where it gets interesting. They give technical details. Um, they talk about gravity. They talk about other advanced civilizations is the wording they use. They don't say aliens or ET, but we know that's what they're talking about. And they yeah. name those constellations. And they talk about certain configurations that would allow a signal from here in our dimension to penetrate into those dimensions. And it would be helped by ETs, aliens, etc., to get to its destination of where we wanted to go. <laughs> okay? Yes. So far, it sounds crazy. Did I miss anything? No. Okay. So now to begin with uh, Project St. Peter Part 3. Yes, sir. And what we, what we do is we go over bullet points. These bullet points are just the essence of what's on the page. Mm -hmm. If you guys look at the guide, you'll notice that it will say page 53, and then I'll have parentheses 58. What that means is they were so fanatical about documenting this project, they hand-wrote the page number on the top right of every page so they would know if a page was missing and they would also have the ability to to track it mm -hmm. so the first page i believe is actually well one of them is the page of the document and one is the page in the upper right hand corner so that's why i always put two so you guys don't get lost yeah, yeah. okay Let's dive right into it and feel free to jump in and expand on any concepts. Do you want me to read or do you want to read? It's up to you, Keith. Dealer's choice. I'd like to, okay. I'd like to go ahead and read. Give it a little bit of flair. Experiment <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. It's good All practice. Right. Yes. So, Dr. Einstein brings out a laser. He also brings out these, what I presume to be pieces of plastic or something. He calls them color shields. They're different colors. They're actually violet, blue, pink, yellow, orange, and green. Okay, this laser's job, Dr. Einstein says, it's going to be sent through a large ruby. When that happens, various magnets and magnetic columns of energy will appear. Those will be used for communication. Okay, and this is a this is a, a running theme. If anybody's interested in pyramids. Or um, alternative power sources, zero point, anything like that. These are the bullet points that I highlighted that you will be interested in. Then uh, he goes on to indicate that there's some fundraising quotes in here. You can tell. <laughs> and it makes you wonder, is, is the telepathic uh, channel switching to their human side when they begin to ask for fundraising? Or is it still Dr. Einstein? Or was it never to begin with? Right. <laughs> so so there's a little plug in there. Dr. Einstein indicates they're going to need equipment to do this. Yeah. They know the budget's going to be tight. Then he says, bring in the power drive. Okay, so he's calling the power supply, I believe, for the transmitter, a power drive, which is kind of cool, kind of huh. space age. And remember, yeah. don't ever forget, as we discussed, this is 1986. 1986. Before the internet before any of this and remember that this is what appears to be an average a person a woman who claims to be a telepathic medium and all this is coming through her channeling and is that petra damascus it is okay okay 
That's also actually not her real name. Right. And at fir- first I was concerned about giving that away, but I think at this point we'll just let the story play out as it is. Who knows? I There might be some people coming out of the woodwork eventually and say, hey, I was in that project, and boy, wouldn't that wouldn't be crazy. That, yeah, that'd be neat. That'd be neat. Yeah. <laughs> or if you could actually go into company archives and they'd be like, oh, yeah, this is when our company, IBM, was like dabbling in this medicine stuff. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that'd be sweet. It would be sweet. It's interesting. We assume that so much enough time has passed that hopefully it's not a big deal anymore, right? Because right. a lot of this stuff is out in the public public information. Yeah, yeah. Okay, enter the power drive. Here's the power supply. So they've got props in this lab class. They've got things that they roll out on carts and they show to the people in the class. And so he describes how the laser beam is going to be combined with sound. So the laser beam's light and then there's sound. And he's saying that it has to be combined together. He actually describes modulation, but he doesn't say modulation. He says... We need to boost these two beautiful golden lines and the signal wave in between. Hmm. Now, it's interesting that they use words like this because a technical person would say, hey, they're, they're, they're modulating it, <laughs> right? No, she appears to be describing what you would see if you looked at an oscilloscope, which anybody technical knows would look like. And I can't get too far into that because I'm only technical to a point. He describes the power source of this one device. It's called the Angel One. Yes. The Angel One and Michael One are the names of these two pieces of equipment. He says it's going to be 110 volts because we're in the United States. And it would be joined within increments first four amps. But then he says, and I always wondered this. I'll ask you guys a question in a second. He says, this power supply is only 8.4% complete at this time. It has to be extremely stable. So in technical terms, it can't drift. Mm-hmm. Frequency can't move like our, like our wall outlets do. When my, you know, my computers beep all the time, my battery backups. Yeah. So let, let's, let's, let's branch off because as we're going through this, we're also talking psychology, right? Because we're analyzing what's being said to determine, is this really real? You know, in our minds, that's what we're doing. What do you think about it when people project percentages? As far well, from a technical standpoint. Well, if I was talking to you and I said, you said, "How's Meta Science Foundation website going?" and I said, "Well, it's actually nineteen point six percent done." <laughs> I'd be like, we "What kind of?" It's like you're robotic. Well, <laughs> from a professional standpoint, um, that can be taken two ways. <laughs> Uh, one one way, I mean, from a, I mean, I'm saying from a professional standpoint, and this is from my working life. If someone was to give me an actual percentage like that, if I was to say to them, "How far are you along with that activity we're working on?" and and sometimes it's it's only a couple of things you got to do. Uh, if they said, "Well, we're 19.4 percent complete," I would either I would take that as Man, that person's detail oriented, or <laughs> man, that person's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right? I mean, I really, I mean, I, and, I mean, it, it would depend on a lot of factors. Obviously, it would depend on uh, you know the track record with that person, you know, working experience with that person, because uh, some people simply are that detail oriented. Like they, I know people mm-hmm. that eccentric where they break things down into those into those elements where they they like details to that degree, right? Yeah. 
Uh, it's, you're exactly right. And that's, yeah. that's a very good point. And that's something I wanted to, I wanted to flesh out because as we go, it's kind of like, I'm not just writing this and blindly believing it. I'm looking at it going, mm, that's kind of funny. And then I'll look at something else and be like, oh man, I realize what they're trying to say. So we're just looking at this with a grain of salt. Well, we're t- and we're also talking about Einstein here. So taking, taking, <laughs> taking that situation here, if I'm putting, applying what I just said about my professional life, if Einstein was to say to me, if I was able to meet that gentleman, uh, and I'd say, hey, Einstein, how far are we along with, with this device? And he said 8.4% complete. I'd say, okay, we're 8.4% complete. Totally cool. <laughs> I mean, again, it would be based a lot for me, at least, on you know working relationship. Right, it would. So, it would. So that and, to uh, me, and that wouldn't surprise me coming from somebody like Einstein either. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. But <clears throat> so as we read it, you want to hear something really off the wall, really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. too far in the weeds. Okay, so I've had readings with a lot of different people over the years. One of those claimed to be Einstein. Of course, huh. don't they all? Right. So. <laughs> And I, do I know if it's real or not? No, I don't. But I take the information, I, I weigh it, and I just keep it there. I don't judge it. I asked Einstein um, if, what would, if, if it would be possible to have basically mechanical voices, voices inside computers, to create artificial voices. The answer I got was not what I expected. He basically said, when you take an intention and try to create something – in this case, trying to create the human voice. First, you need to mimic the organic functions. So if you're trying to, if when you're designing a computer program or you're creating something like that, <clears throat> you are imitating what you think a human would do, right? So in some ways, it's kind of like AI. He then said that in order for that to be able to work, a person that would come through that device would be able to do that a lot better if they had already done it before. So what he's saying is if you've talked into a microphone or sang or or done some activity in life, and then now you're wherever you are in spirit world heaven, it's going to take you some time to adjust if you don't already have that skill of knowing how to pre- remember the energy that it took to come through that device. Yes, yeah. yeah. You mean that was you just mean, a, a strange off the wall? Mm-hmm. But you mean, let's just say, okay, um, someone on this side right now, mm-hmm. they are um, they're a radio person. Let's just say, like they're a professional radio broadcaster. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They pass away. They move on. They go to the other side, and of course, as you said, there it would take some time for them to make adjustments and get used to their surroundings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But they may have that extra little skill, if you follow what I'm saying. I mean, well, they have a professional skill, right? Um, to be able to maybe project them. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to. I mean, what I'm trying to say here is, would they? Would is that what you mean as far as a person's concerned? Like who, to project? Yes, well, yeah. exactly. To project their voice okay. through the experiment. Yeah, they would need to be able to recall the memory of what their voice sounded like and combine that with their intention to come through that device. Cause some people, yes. you, you, some people you put a microphone in front of them and they just curl up and put their tail between their legs and don't say a word. I mean, some people just don't like to talk. I, I, you know, they, they, they're, they're shy. I get that part. Right. Um, it seems like somebody with that skill 
as in a radio, like a, like I said, a DJ, somebody like a radio person, uh, they would have that skill and they would be, but it's this intention thing though. You're talking about also, they have to have that intention, right, Keith? Right, right. I just found it interesting that, uh, th- that reading I had was only about four months ago. I don't know if it's you know real or not, but the point is the answer was extremely interesting. It basically indicated that, and, and we talked about this before in Project St. Peter, when you create things with a purpose, your purpose it becomes part of that energy of that device. And in, the, in Project St. Peter, they actually specified they only wanted to use, purchase used equipment. They didn't buy anything new. They, they went out and sought a specific, they went and looked for a specific kind of laser because they wanted, I guess that laser's function in the universe was to, was for this project. <laughs> oh, okay. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, no, that's, that's very interesting. And it's interesting to hear that. That is a, that is a kind of a weird answer to a question like that. Uh, but it makes sense though. It is. And then, so Einstein's still speaking from the class. Sorry about that trip into the weeds. I just thought some people would find it a little interesting. No, it's, that, that's super cool. I like that. So he points at this power supply and says, guess what I saw in England last week? This is Einstein mm-hmm. saying, guess what I, I mean, not word for word. It's paraphrased. He says he saw this power drive last week in England. It only weighed 13 and a half pounds and it had its own voltage regulator. So... It's kind of interesting because he's in that one sentence, he's basically saying, even though I'm not in a body in this dimension, I'm able to travel wherever I want and I'm keeping tabs on what's going on. So that's kind of an interesting point. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, yeah, I think in, in this case, Einstein kind of speaks like I do, just random all over the place. He suddenly says, oh, I forgot to tell you where the laboratory is. Where's all this stuff going to happen? Where are these cool experiments going to happen? <laughs> he says, it's going to be in the home of the chief laboratory director. He, he kind of indicates that the laboratory director is, um, well, he indicates through his wording that it's not preferential that the laboratory be in his home, but it kind of has to be, maybe due to financial reasons. And that it's kind of a burden on this laboratory director to have all this crap in his house. And I can understand that one. <laughs> so then he goes on to explain, but this power supply we're going to create, it cannot be connected to the household electricity. He says, what would happen once, and this is where the techni- technical people will like it again. He says, we need to build our own power supply. It's going to cost us about $1,100. Again, this is a specific amount, so it makes you wonder, is this a plug for fundraising? Right. I yeah. think I think so. And he says it needs to be custom built because what, what's going to happen if once the signal grows and then it doubles and then it triples, are we going to take out the whole neighborhood's transformers? How are you going to explain that? Who's going to come looking for you? And this reminds me of what happened with Tesla. Yeah, you know, they they say he created <laughs> earthquakes because he hooked a little yeah, kind of yes. pneumatic device to one of the columns, and he was just playing around with you know, to see how fast it would turn. And at some point, it reached a resonance and supposedly caused a mini earthquake, <laughs> which <laughs> certainly we know through today's science can happen. Can happen, yes. Yeah, so we know it's a real thing. And again, remember we're in 1986 here. <clears throat> 
Okay, so then he goes, Dr. Einstein then goes on to point at a chart. And on this chart are some words. He's going through these words systematically. Now, all of these classes were recorded. We have some of them on tape, but we haven't converted them yet. I would say that's a plug for us in Metascience Foundation because when we come time to do a fundraiser, maybe one of you can help us convert one of these tapes. We've said and that before. Yes, we've said that. Yes, you have. You have. <laughs> All you gotta do is just uh, not not now. We're I don't want to go too far in the weeds though either. Uh, but mm -hmm. Keith, uh, we've said that before here. Uh, uh, maybe on the last show, if uh, we, we can do that here. We got all the equipment for that kind of stuff. So if you guys need to, you guys need to transfer tapes. We can do that, no problem, and we can discuss that later. <laughs> but yeah, most we're, certainly, we're, yep, we're totally, I, took, we're, I took that opportunity to, to to do a plug. You know, we were going to do a fundraiser, and then obviously the social climate changed. Right. Oh yeah. yeah, we felt we felt that it would it would probably not. You know, people were more spending more of their focus on staying alive and you know surviving. It was not a good time to attempt to project that kind of image. So we, we we're patiently continuing on. We're still organize, organizing it. There's a lot of work. It's actually like 30 to 50 moving pieces that we're, we're working out amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. But that's coming up soon. And you will be, people will begin to see, we're going to take YouTube by storm. It's starting to sound like <laughs> Trump. It's going to be huge. <laughs> so we're going to do a lot of YouTube videos. In fact, it's going to be... Mm -hmm. A very large piece of what we do moving forward. <laughs> okay, so back to Project St. Peter. Yes. Dr. Einstein asks one of the participants, Miss Barone, she, he says, do you know how the word exit is related to the past work we've done with one of our devices called Mark 9 and the composition of atomic life? Of course... Miss Barone says, uh, "No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what the relationship is." Yeah. <laughs> to which he says, "You're very humble. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> As you read some of this stuff, it is it is kind of humorous. It is. Right? So he's asking it in a lecture format to an elicit response to try to drive his points home a little clear. So Dr. Einstein then goes on to describe the specifications of this piece of equipment called Angel One. He says, the first thing is the table that it's going to sit on has to be made of wood because steel resonates, which we just talked about with the, the Tesla thing. Oh, yeah. He also indicated the laboratory needed to be polarized and because he didn't want sound coming from the earth up through the floor tiles. And that was kind of – it took me a minute to read that. I'm like, what is he actually saying? Like, couldn't he speak English? But I realized – the way in which he was saying it was, uh, you know, might be through the medium's mentality, and that might be the only way she could relay it. But basically, he's saying it needs to be shielded, it's got to be polarized, you know, no static electricity, none of that crap in our laboratory, basically, is what they're saying. They're saying, if this is going to be one tight ship we're running here. Yeah. <laughs> then he, he indicates to some of the people that are some of the potential donors from Fetzer Corporation. He basically turns his attention to them and says, if you guys want to come observe the scientific research activities, they call them. Basically, when they turn all this stuff on, they begin to communicate with wherever they're communicating with. He says, if you want to watch this, you can do so. In fact, 
we're thinking ahead for you. We've already created these special shielding rooms in which you can stand and probably observe, you know, behind a plexiglass or something, you can observe the experiment. He indicates there'll only be a microphone in the laboratory. It's one way. You can't disturb the people in the laboratory, but you can watch. And I think that was another plug for funding. They're hmm. saying, if you want it, we've got the plans. Show us the money. We'll make it happen. <laughs> right? Yeah. So then they continue on. And here's the interesting thing. Once we convert some of these videotapes, it would be nice to see whether this medium or the communicator, Dr. Einstein, is reading the minds of the participants or if they have puzzled looks on their face. Because a lot of times he'll be mid-sentence and all of a sudden break into answering a question. Like if I'm talking to you right now and I'm saying, yeah, you know, we've had a good today. Oh, don't worry about that, Scott. I know what you're thinking. I know you're worried about how it's going to end. And then they'll actually like give an answer. So <laughs> in this case, let me find my place. Apparently somebody either raises their eyebrow. They're thinking, we're going to be able to watch. Watch. And that's when Einstein breaks in and says, yes, you'll be able to watch. <clears throat> but nobody that transcribed this indicated anybody raised their hands or said anything. Huh. Right? So we know either, either they read their mind or the person made some type of movement or the person speaking, the, the medium, just happened to stop mid-sentence and answer someone's thoughts or okay. questions. So we'll find that out later on. All right, so let me continue. He says, again, this is 1986. He says that the science research activity will use something man already has, a catalytical cathode ray tube, otherwise known as a CRT monitor. He says that in a CRT, it acts as a relay station because it has measured compartments. And, and the way he's thinking of this is, he's not just saying, hey, here's a TV. You guys, I mean, you guys got a TV. You know how it works. We're going to use it. It's cool. He's saying the way in which the components of this device were put together was designed to take energy in one form and to funnel it through a series of steps to produce an out, a desired output. Okay, that's the interpretation of why he said that. Mm. All of a sudden... He brings it Space Shuttle Challenger. Now, this lab class is within a month or two of that disaster occurring. Yeah. And it's, men it's mentioned throughout this work. What's strange here in this, in this sentence is we have some type of discrepancy. So he mentions the Space Shuttle Challenger on January 28, 1986. Then the next sentence, he mentions Apollo. And then says, if the timing had been different, maybe an increased protective margin may have come about. Now, again, we, we look at this and we say, is that really a way to talk? It's kind of a funny way to talk. Uh, we would just say, maybe if the timing was right, nobody would have gotten hurt. Or maybe the outcome would have been better. Right. But he warded it, an increased protective margin may have come about. And if it is Einstein, that tells you, He's really precise with his words, <laughs> right? And so I think what happened 
So, so he's changing the conversation. He's about to get into time frames, time windows. Now, we know that Space Shuttle Challenger was a disaster and everybody died in it. And we know that there was one Apollo mission where you know, it, it burned to the ground. Everybody, there were all fatalities in that one also. I think as he was mentioning this, he was thinking of both simultaneously and both came out within the same two sentences. Because we know Apollo did not occur on January 28th. Correct. So why, so why do you say Apollo when he first said Challenger? Yeah. So basically it was an incomplete sentence. So we got a couple of things here. Either the person that transcribed didn't get it, which seems unlikely, or the tape didn't get it, or he was actually thinking of two things at the same time, and he was thinking, how do we avoid human fatalities? So he's trying to make a point here. He begins to explain what he calls time windows and this gets very interesting now <clears throat> he says this is dr einstein says that president john f kennedy will be allowed to communicate through the station as well as quote the evolved civilizations of orion libra arcturus pleiades and ursa major and end quote and there was another one in there, but the person that transcribed it didn't seem to catch it. But it was another major constellation. Okay. And we're like, okay, where, where's he going with this now? He's saying that we're going to have people from all these different civilizations come through and communicate through it. And then we got another discrepancy here. And then we'll break off maybe into a little bit of conversation about psychology. And let's, let's pick this apart and see, see what we think. He then says the importance of time windows in scientific research activities is very important. <clears throat> he, he then goes on to say that, for example, the laboratory director in this case, he's only going to come in on like Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays uh, because his work is intense and we need to space it out. I'm not quite sure where he went there at that particular time. But the conversation continues. But let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about um, what do they call it? Where you only pull out big names when you're trying to prove a point? Like oh, name dropping. Only, name dropping. Yes, name dropping. Thank you. Yeah. What do you What do you guys think about name dropping when it comes to mediumship or when it comes to channel material or just in general? What it, do you think about? It's it? something that seems to be constant in mediumship because they'll they'll say. You know, or, or like even when you go to past life regression, you know, you were Cleopatra, you were mm. this, or yeah, you're communicating with Einstein. And, and obviously these names are kind of relevant to this era. And in 1986, it's JFK, it's Einstein and stuff. Like now, if all of a sudden we were, a bunch of famous people die, right now we'd probably reference Stephen Hawking's um, Elon Musk if he was dead and right. other stuff. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I don't know. It's I just think that it's always been done. Yeah, and, I agree. And, uh, you know, personally... I don't really go for it that much. It's weird. Even even though we're here on the radio right now and I'm reading something where it's name dropping every other page. Yeah. But I'm looking past that to say, okay, what's the message here? And this is, you know, what if, what if I judge it prematurely and I'm wrong? 
See, that's the thing. Well, it goes back to it goes back to the idea of fundraiser, though. Too, you were talking about. You know, this could be fundraising. He's he's working on also, right? I'm not saying, and I'm not angling this in any way. Like, oh, what, you know, what are the what are they up to? You know, right? Well, sure, like people with money in their pockets can identify, and they know people like Einstein this and JFK. True. Those and are J- intelligent. Yeah, people. those are people. And so it's like, well, it's one of the guys, boys. Yeah. It's one of the boys. If one that's of those the- boys on the other side are working with us on this side. Ooh, okay. Let's throw some money mm-hmm. at that because then we're going to get this, you know, thing going. Well, it, it, I mean, let's just let's put it in perspective. I mean, <clears throat> mm-hmm. when it comes to a situation like this, um, I've said this to people for many years. When it comes to prof- you know professional type stuff, I have never gotten a job in my entire life, whether it was mm-hmm. in my youth or in my professional life now, where I didn't have a friend or somebody, a colleague who works there right right at that point, right where they didn't recommend me. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's one of those things. You're awesome. It, well, well, no, yeah. Well, <laughs> but, yeah, I know I am. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I've always had people because we all know it, you know, and we're all professionals. We're all, we do work. It's not like just some weird old thing we're doing. Um, but these are people that, well, yeah, I'll vouch for this person. He's fantastic. I've worked with him for years. Right. Uh, right. It's, it's that type of thing. And it, and it, and that goes, you know, all the way where I'm at, all the way up to the very top. We know that. Right. And, it, right. and of course, if you drop the name Kennedy, I mean, anybody who's even, I mean, I know people named Kennedy and I, you know, whenever I hear it, I'm like, Oh, Kennedy's, <laughs> those are the, those are the Kennedy's. <laughs> oh, you know, exactly. The, the, I mean, I, I mean, is that, that name carries some weight. It carries water. Uh, and whether you're a, a Kennedy Kennedy or you're just a regular old working Kennedy. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> exactly. but that name does carry, it carries a little bit of weight. So going back to this situation here, we're talking about the name dropping thing. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things that kind of, and, and I mean, I deal with people, a lot of people where I, and we, Amber, we've both been through this where we hear people just drop name, name, drop, name, drop, name, drop over and over again to the point where we're cringing on the inside. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it seems like when you're trying to get people involved with something, such as Project St. Peter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, you you, you want to have some identifiable characters you there, like we said. want to give them some confidence. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder if, if these are genuine entities speaking through Petra, what if they were archetypes and then they were using these names as just something to identify? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like an archetype. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I'm, you know, sometimes I wonder, I mean, this case is way out there. Sometimes I wonder if our association with names is merely our brain's way of associating with personality types. Yeah. It's not really about the name. It's more like a symbol to yep. us. Oh, that's interesting. You know, and in this case, the reason why I brought that up and you guys really hammered it home is excellent is because everything's not black and it's not white. So I like to talk about the gray. And what I mean by that is. There are instances where name dropping can be viewed as taking advantage of a subject or the person you're speaking to, and there are instances where, um, you know, name dropping is an essential part of either fundraising or whatever function you're doing. And then there's, you know, the potential in the middle. Are they consistent? And so as we go through this material and we go back and we look, you know, think of this: if a person's telling a lie and they're making up a story, um, at some point they're probably going to slip up, right? Now there there are a lot of there are is human error you can see in these transcriptions and in the writing, but we'll go over however many hundreds of pages pages it is over a year and a half, and at some point we may find because I don't even know the answer yet we may find that all of this information was consistent 
that they presented it the same way every time. Because don't you think if you're saying the uh, 53 well-known personalities that we'll call Lifeline or Alpha Celestial Unit 1, then at some point you're really going to mess up those terms? Yeah. Either that or you're super, super, super intelligent because <laughs> you can you keep your story straight. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for diving into that. That was really cool. Uh, it, the, the, the whole this whole concept of the the name dropping thing. I mean, and it it, it wears a lot of different skins though too, mm-hmm. right? I was thinking about this as you were talking about it, and there's another. I mean, I know professionally, whatever, whatever. You know, I've had conversations with people that I've just met, and they're like, somebody's name comes up that I know. And I'm like, oh, I worked with that person, you know, for years. We did this and that, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's not necessarily name dropping, but it's still an identifiable type thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I know that person. This is what I've done with them. Boom, relation, connection, connection, yeah. right? And that's Excellent. what. And that's what. Again, that's just it, that to me just kind of illustrates what I think Einstein was trying to do here was like, look, there's some relation here. We have people that they're relatable that you know, that are that are invested here. They're all in. And yeah, I mean, let's go forward with from there. <laughs> I mean, that's really right. what that's really what and this whole idea is, I think. Exactly. And the names, uh, some of these names are like people I wasn't really aware of who they were, like the guy that founded the Smith Smith uh, Smithsonian Smith. Institute. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard of the actual name. And there are other people like that. And and it's also interesting. They named uh, famous painters and people in different areas. And I would think, man, if you're going to make it a list that long, you better write it down so you can remember, you know, what, what names you said. But uh, just take all this, you know, objectively at this point, because as we go on, uh, it'll become more and more apparent to us or, you know, we'll we'll learn as we go. Yeah. So the, but just just to let people know, we're not I'm not we're not just blindly reading this saying, OK, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> you know, it's, it's another spirit come. Oh, my God. No, it happened? needs to be the equipment. Let's go build it. No, it needs there to be broken are, down. Are, it needs to be taken apart, I think. I agree 100% oh, yeah. with that. And I think down the road, somebody is going to take it apart. Somebody that's going to do a, a more technical job than I have. Or somebody will pick it up after me. Okay, so then he goes on. And the people that love science, the people that love wormholes and time travel and in the future and past and present, you're going to love this because he's actually explaining in, in story form how we can um, – shape energy to overcome these limitations. So now we get into, <clears throat> he's still pointing at the, Einstein is pointing at the chart. He's saying, now there's two columns. One says day, one says date on it. And then he says, well, why do we need the day and the date? And he says, well, we're going to use military time. Who's going to use 12 p.m.? And it turns out we're doing an activity that, as you know, across the world there's different times. Yeah. yeah, time yeah. zones. Oh yeah, but he says not only are you going to cross international time zones, we're going to cross the celestial boundaries of time. Now it sounds a little religious, especially for this day and age, the context. But it also sounds respectful. That's something else that people will see when they read this. It's presented in a way that's super respectful of of science and laws of the universe. So he also says that there is a line of demarcation where the laws of science known to man simply change. What laws? Gravity and light. He's basically sending, he, he goes on to say, the confirmation of those energies here working in total union 
with high-order advanced intelligences are spared the drudgery of waiting for the energies to arrive. This is what man has not yet learned. Now, note the use of the term high-order advanced intelligences. Hmm. What do you guys think that is? I'm right away, my first thought's alien life form, but clearly something that's more adva- well, advanced. Anything, um, anything that's more Been advanced. around a little longer, figured a few things out, then... I don't know. I mean, a high order, a high a high order advanced intelligence I, could be a person that you know that's sixty, seventy years old who's finally retiring, <laughs> or, or something. Like, I mean, really. I mean, well, if you're gonna, yeah, I guess I mean, if you're gonna be technical about people on this planet. Well, I, well, I mean, it could it could apply, but I mean, I I know Amber. The first thing that you and, it, and this is the first thing that came to my mind too when I when I hear high order advanced intelligences. The first thing I'm going to think of is here comes the Jetsons. I mean, that's that's the first thing I'm <laughs> well, going to think of, right? Yeah. Um, but it could apply to a lot of different things. I think some people could take it in a religious context too. Yeah, you know, I think it's just a matter of who you are. Yeah, right. I think it's interesting that he used that specific choice of words. He didn't say God. He didn't say aliens. He didn't say yeah. spirit people. He didn't say you know your your loved one. And he, he always uses these terms to define. So I think, you know, you guys ever, I'm sure you guys zone out once in a while and think about artificial intelligence and whether or not we're actually like robots. We're just not aware of it yet. Every right? day we're, yeah, of my we're life. A, we're in a simulation. <laughs> Every yes, day of yes. my life, yeah. And sometimes I think, you know, is God an actual guy with the name God or is it like an alien species that is simply allowing us to play a game so that we can have the experience of learning? You know, it's, yeah. so it gets really deep when you get into that, but he uses the words high order advanced intelligences and he doesn't use it once. He uses it many times. Now try saying that in every single one of your speeches. Right. <clears throat> Hang on. So, let, me, let me, let me, you know, but that's H- also a vanilla. H- hold on. That's a vanilla ahoy, term. Ahoy. What are you looking at? H O A I. I'm just trying to acronym that. Oh, okay. Ahoy. Okay. Like a. Ahoy, mate. Ahoy, yeah. Ahoy. But it also. Ahoy. It's a hoy. Oh, God. That's terrible. Oh, no, no. That's back that up. That didn't sound sorry. right. It's a hoy. Okay. No, okay. All right, I'm done. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. That went weird. So <laughs> it, also, it also just made me think of like if you're going to be talking to a group of people that come from all walks of life, all different kinds of religions, instead mm-hmm. of throwing out their God or aliens, which can. Yeah. Like literally, well, no pun intended, alienate someone if they're interested in fundraising. All these, you know, these weirdos are talking about aliens. We're mm-hmm. out of here. Oh, these people, they're super religious. We're out of here. And high yeah. order advanced intelligences is a way classier way, I think, of, of bringing that up. I don't know. So maybe that's one like other that, possibility. That is excellent. A, yeah, that is excellent a, thought. That yeah. is a good thought, isn't yeah. it? That's, that's a very I mean, good If you were trying to raise money, wouldn't you say something that sounded super yeah. fancy? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, is, I agree. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so then Dr. Einstein says, you know what? I want to send some books through to help Earth. These books are going to be on atomic energy. I would like to send them through this corridor of light. He specifically calls it corridor of light. Through this celestial broadcasting system. Oddly enough, the acronym for that is CBS. I know. I just, yeah. That's, that's oh, exactly weird. what I thought, man. That oh. is the, exactly what I thought. I'm like, oh, come on. What does CBS it stand makes you, for? It makes you wonder. <laughs> well, something broadcasting system. Is it Canadian? Wait, what is no, it? No, I, Central. Central, Central broad- Broadcasting CBS? System? Is that the real? I don't know. I have the I looked it up I one time, the, but I forgot. I, might I have the internet. Hang on. We'll oh. find out. <laughs> Use the internet. The internet. Use your corridor of light. My cor- just don't go to Wikipedia. <laughs> Columbia Broadcasting Columbia. System. Columbia. Yeah. Oh. That was wrong. We'll have to research on that sometime. I prefer <laughs> Celestial. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's called, in this case, they call it a celestial broadcasting system. <clears throat> and that each person is only going to be allowed a little bit of time to come through. You know, he's basically saying that time is limited once we turn the system on. So it's not like it can just appear on this device and just, you know, have a chat. Everything's planned. And he's indicating there's a lot of people that want to come through. And each of them has their own little space to fit in. Okay. So then he goes on, <clears throat> he says, the next block, the next word on our chart is the word constellation. He then renames those constellations again that we just said a minute ago. He says, these civilizations will help the energies conform and, quote, draw the line of energy, end quote, from the laboratory through the ethers. Again, he's basically saying, we're going to create a signal of light. We're going to send it into the ethers. Our friends in other advanced civilizations are going to help us pass relay that message. Again, he mentions the divine corridor of light. Now, this is a hard concept for me to understand specifically. He says the divine corridor of light is the registrar of all life of, quote, all universes, end quote. And so he's specifically saying there's more than one universe. Hmm. This is in 1986. Keep in mind. I'll keep coming back to that. Yeah. He says there's a divine group leader. And this is very strange how he says this. He says, so there's a divine corridor of light. It's the heavens. You know, it's in charge of all the energy and all the universes. And there is a divine group leader that is, quote, indirect fusion and alignment with our commander in chief end quote and that's the only person we take orders from hmm. now it's so interesting that he used that choice of words he's leaving it open to interpretation divine group leader that's in alignment with their commander in chief it's almost like he's saying they're the same person but they're not right yeah. Like 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 there's like they're different elements of the same being. Because he says they're fused together and they're aligned. Yeah. I, I if I was if I got along with you, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm in direct fusion and alignment with Amber. We're fusion <laughs> like, so well right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And so so it's the selection of words as we go through this material that people should pay very close attention to. Because they were chosen by someone very, very carefully. He says, we only take orders from this person. He then says, we can't run this station without permission. It's like we're just throwing it together, us and a bunch of scientists and a bunch of famous people, and we could just turn it on. We have to get permission from our boss. And then the next paragraph gets super interesting, and I need to quote it word for word. Now... Keep in mind the, the, um, the mindset of 1986 and the mindset of people at the time. If you are not of a religious background, just let the name Jesus blend through you and just look past that word. And don't be turned off instantly because you need to listen to the rest that's coming after it. Okay, quote, from the, from the divine Lord Jesus Christ, a column of light shall be sent into the universes. The seven super universes of which our Presidio Council is a part of, one vital part of. 
At this point, the light in scientific terminology shall be refracted as if it had gone through a prism. The prism shall be the light of the star of the constellation, having nothing whatsoever to do with astrology or horoscopes, rather the science of astronomy. A sextant shall be needed to calibrate the measurements on the harmonic bowl attached to angel one, and one of those calibrations, along with the shields, shall bring our earth associates, all of you who are associated with this work, in direct alignment with the energy of the constellation and the divine corridor of light on one or more particular day. And we shall send a light in turn. End quote. All right, we really got to dive into this one. Mm. Um, Where do you guys want to yeah. start? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a lot. You're right. It, it's a lot. Um, well, I mean, I, I'll dive into Jesus Christ for a second here. I mean, okay. as far as this, the idea. Um, and I get that some people are, it may make people uncomfortable, but that, mm -hmm. that says a lot to me. You know, I mean, I think we, and I, I have my spiritual beliefs and I know Amber does, and I'm sure you mm -hmm. do. We all kind of have our own things, I think, but it's interesting to hear with all of this stuff that we've been through so far. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I know this has been mentioned. God has been mentioned before as a part of this thing. I, I don't mean to interrupt you real quick, but this is, is this the first time Jesus Christ is mentioned in lab one? It is. Well, there's you know, been, but I'll have to do a search on it. It's he's mentioned many times yeah, in the work, but this okay. week, yeah, this is not the first time that God or Jesus or the the idea of that has been has been mentioned. Okay, right? okay. Um, so that's an interesting idea to me because we, I mean, because even though I, as I just said, there's that this idea of God or a higher power has been mentioned. This is still a pretty a pretty rigid discussion. It's a very scientific discussion, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, but it's also tipping its hat to this idea of a higher power above all of it, I guess. Right. Uh, however, I mean, I don't know how this could be taken from the divine Lord. Well, from the, the divine Lord, Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, that for my upbringing, that divine Lord, Jesus Christ is kind of like the person in charge. <laughs> I, I don't right, know. Well, he, he's, he staged it. Um, uh, okay, I just did a search. On the first five labs, the name Jesus was mentioned 97 times. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. He, he staged it in the paragraph before by saying there is a divine group leader that is in direct fusion and alignment with our commander-in-chief. I think somewhere later on, he actually says our commander-in-chief is, guess who? Jesus. But, um, you know, for me, not going into specifics of how I feel, I just – the one thing I think a lot of people relate to is that they respect – um, the work that Jesus did, you know, I, I, I'll just go as far as saying that. And so in this case, he's saying, Hey, he's our boss. He's the one that's going to help us do this. He's the guy that's got the magic, which is what's, and, which is what, I mean, I'm sorry to cut you off, but which is perplexing to me because as far as what religion is, is how we know it is. It's based on, it's based on faith. It's as simple as that. Like there's no there's no mechanics of it whatsoever. It's just this wispy spirit that you have to have faith in it, right? This overpowering mm -hmm. spirit above everything that you have to have faith in. And now we're being told that this same wispy spirit that you're supposed to have faith in actually is working on the mechanics and trying to help people build devices 
to communicate with the afterlife, if I worded that correctly, because I'm getting we're, we're in the thick of it now. <laughs> but essentially, I would say the purpose would be more so that humanity can evolve by way of having a device that they could pass information through. So, I mean, but, yeah. but he's still on our side. He's on our side. Yeah. He's, well, I'll work with you guys. Let's not worry about it. It seems like to me that that on that undermines or everything that what I think people who are taught about religion, at least Christianity, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it, there's, it, you can't question it. There's no mechanics here. There's no nuts and bolts. It's just something that you have to have faith in or you're going to hell. <laughs> right? I, I think, I, I think, in, I think in this case, uh, a lot of the message is saying, Hey, there is a hierarchy. There is not saying, I don't mean a control structure. I mean, there are different, everybody's in different stages of evolution. And here is, one of those beings that is in an advanced state of evolution who wants to help us in our evolution. Well, and, and much, um, more, much more liberal than what we were taught to believe in as far as the God that we're talking that we I know I was taught to believe in when I was growing up, right? Yeah, this, yeah, I would say so. And I'd say in 1986, this is probably a little bold. Very bold. I mean, I'm not sure if it's if, if it's bold or the opposite. Hey, Jesus Christ is going to work with the aliens. Like, okay. <laughs> well, and that's but, what's tripping me out here. <laughs> is, Jesus Christ is an alien. But, okay, so... Let, yes, let, let, it could be that too. I'm gonna, mean, I'm gonna well, put a scenario. I'm gonna put a scenario out there. So, so Jesus Christ, the divine Lord Jesus Christ, had this plan for the last thousand, couple thousand years. All right, well, let's try the faith thing. Uh, they, okay, and or after all this time, okay, the faith thing don't seem to be working, and these people are really cheesing things up down there. This place is starting to get really crappy. Maybe we should try a different plan here. Maybe we should try. Ooh, their technology increased a lot since I was last here. Let's Maybe try let's this. try to work with that. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's funny, but at the same time, it's logical. If, I mean, yeah, I, I would use a different word instead of faith. I would say, um, lost connection with their innermost soul. Or that 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 okay. would be a, a yeah. different perspective. I would spin. I would put on it. But why not get modern? <laughs> I, right? I, I don't really know any other way to say that either. It, it, it's, uh, but I mean, I'm sorry. I hate to keep diving into the Jesus Christ thing here, but that's that's the first thing. Like it's another, and, and it has been. He has been mentioned before, like I said. Um, and I mean, obviously, you've highlighted some of these things. And when we and you did, you already pointed this out too. This, uh, but we're we're introduced to the seven super universes. So I can't even begin to. Contemplate the numbers behind that as far as because uh, the numbers we have that they say our universe is made up of as far as mathematics and astronomy, it's mm -hmm. it's just it, it'll give you a nosebleed. Right. So now we're talking about multiple universes. Is that in a physical construct or is that within like a many worlds type thing? I don't I mean, I don't know. It's a multiverse. Right? Well, yeah, multiverse. I mean, it, it just—it just sounded like a lot to me. It sounds like a lot. <laughs> but, but you know, going on there. <laughs> there's, yeah, there, there's some symbology here that, that we can't miss. He says seven super universes. Now, if I scroll back a page, hope I don't lose my place. Remember a minute ago we mentioned colors. Yeah. I believe he mentioned seven colors. I think this is all done intentionally. It's not just uh, you know random. You know, I can't find it right now, but basically they went through the colors word for word. And let me get back to where we are. Okay, so. Wait, one, two, three, four, five. Um, 
Well, I'm actually I rolled back here, Keith, and I and mm-hmm. Einstein okay. asked Mrs. Barone to count the number of glass shields and names them out loud. Violet, blue, pink, yellow, orange, and green. Unfortunately, okay. it's only six though. Okay. I mean, I'm not trying to call you out. But <laughs> that's just You're what right. that's what it said though. Uh, but right. it's, it's interesting, regardless. <laughs> yep. That that would be me drawing a wrong conclusion. No, that's okay. That, that that's mm-hmm. that's cool. So yeah, I mean. I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, so he's saying in scientific terms, and this is where it gets weird, he's saying basically Jesus is going to send a column of light. Okay, he talks about columns of column of light, column of energy. If you guys have ever studied the pyramids, you'll notice that there are a lot of similarities. And again, this is 34 years ago uh, with pyramids and vortexes and uh, self-sustaining energy sources and things like that. A lot of those these days are visualized and drawn out as columns of columns of energy and columns of light above and below um, geometrical shapes. Okay, so he says Jesus is going to send this light, but he's going to pass it through all seven universes, just like we're going to pass this laser through the ruby beam, and it's going to split. And in that splitting... It all comes back to itself in one. It's kind of like saying, you know how they say the end is the beginning is the end, the alpha is the omega, and you guys ever looked at at a donut and look at the universe and say <laughs> they look awfully the same? Yeah. And when you get into toroids for the science type, which is what they build and engineer in this device for very specific reasons, <clears throat> they make use of that concept of energy being never-ending. And so this is, again, this is symbology that we'll need to pay attention to for later on. Mm. Now, it's interesting he brings out, you notice I said the word sextant, very very slow and drawn out to make sure we, we understood it. Um, you know, like they used to do when they were on the ships, and yeah. they would pull this out, and they, they pointed at the stars and say, okay, where the hell am I at? Where am I going? He's saying, we're not just going to turn this thing on and point it to the moon. We're going to point it where we need it to go. And we're going to need to calibrate our instruments. And he also refers to something called a harmonic bowl. And this is attached to one of the devices. And at first I was like, what's he talking about? Bowl? I don't remember that in the diagrams. And then last night, somehow, somewhere, up popped a video of cymatics. You guys seen the videos of cymatics? No. Where they play... Once I describe it, you'll probably recall where they put sand or something on a flat surface <gasps> yes. with a speaker. Oh, and, yep. and as, yeah. Yeah. And as they go to Makes, different frequencies, yep. different geometric different shapes, shapes appear. Yep. I'm starting to think that what he had in this project was also that. So somehow I think they were going to use a technique like that back in 1986 to calibrate, to know that they were at the right resonance of the right frequency it made me wonder too it's seven super universes in a harmonic bowl like there's seven notes in a scale and in the, in the scale i don't know if that has anything but it's mm. true though yeah sounds like a sounds like a better correlation than the one i tried to <laughs> no, pull out. they're all good <laughs> right I, I don't think anyone can be anyone can be better than the other because this is all like just weird well, yeah, speculation it's, it's, a, it's a lot to take on yeah you know. right and so he says that signal's going to reach us we're going to receive it on our one device and then we're going to send it back to him. 
Mm -hmm. Right. So this is a, this is a two way thing. It's not just a one way. Yeah. Heaven's going to talk to us. We're going to send our information back to them so it can be real time. They're basically saying we're going to travel through space time. And we're going to communicate with them while they're communicating with us, no matter how far away they are. Which, that's, which is fascinating. That's like the goal of real time communication anywhere in any universe at any time. It is. What'd you say? What'd you say? What'd you say? It's TCP. That's, that's where it is. <laughs> yeah. It's TCP. Two way communication. Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah. Oh, okay. We know TCP/IP. Sorry. I, I thought you were rapping. Like we're not for a dorking out. We're not dorking out enough now. I got to start bringing the computer jargon in. Sorry. Right. Anyway, go I'm ahead. A computer. I'm like, is he talking about TCP/IP or TP? <laughs> yeah, <the> TCP. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So um, he says the lab director's Dr. Einstein says the lab director's job is to find the light being sent from the commander in chief, Jesus, through the constellations to them. As he quote moves from column of column of energy to another, I think that was a transcription error. I think they were trying to say moves from column to column of energy. So basically, they're, they're indicating. Think about what this is saying. They're saying that it's possible to have the ability to communicate with different places in different galaxies uh, through columns of energy. Just think about the impact of what they're trying to say. Yeah. And he, he says, while they're having this experiment, and th this is interesting. The people that like EVP will find this very interesting. And this gets, this is elaborated on in the future in such a way that it's fascinating. He says, while we're doing the scientific research activity and, and we're getting the equipment, you know, it's coming up, it, it's turned on, it's getting to where it needs to be. You know, we're trying to adjust the levels. He's saying the director is not allowed to speak to anyone that comes through that device hmm. until he's exactly where he's supposed to be on the exact frequency and the exact decibel level. So they're actually talking about volume. Now, that's interesting because normally in, in science and technical things, we don't always think about volume too much or amplitude or you know, the energy. We normally just think about frequencies, like Spiritcom. You know, how many tones do I got to mix? Yeah. But why is he saying this? You know, he's and later on, just to give you guys a tidbit, he's he's basically saying that as this communication device is going through the ethers, it's going to pass through different levels. We don't want to communicate with all those levels. And he he expands upon this in great detail later on. He's based, that's why he's saying the laboratory director, you can't talk to anybody. Somebody says, hey, I'm coming through the device. Can you hear me? You don't say a word. Hmm. And, and they're very specific. He's very um, – you guys will see later on. But it gets very strange in that, in that arena. And then as we know now with our knowledge, we know that um, a lot of people say there's, there's, you know, there's, there's different levels. I'm not going to – claim personally that I know all the different levels and what, where people are. I just know people talk to me or I hear them. Yeah. But it's kind of common knowledge now that we believe that there, you know, we know there are different levels of evolution and different uh, planes in the spiritual universes or vibrations. <clears throat> okay. We're about to finish up here. Dr. Einstein says that two lines of energy are needed to succeed. A straight line is impossible due to gravitational forces. 
Okay, so what is he, what is he saying? He's saying we can't just point this device at wherever it's going to go and expect think it's going to go from here to there in a straight line. Uh-uh. As it goes through the galaxies and universes and dimensions, it gets bent this way, that way, all over the place yeah. by gravity. So I'm wondering, it sounds like it's like passing through planets, passing through space-time. It's pretty fascinating how he says that. But basically saying it's not going to be a straight line. So don't think of it in linear terms in the way that you're probably going to. One last thing that's not in the notes, <clears throat> and this will lead into our next project, St. Peter. He begins to describe how, during our scientific experiments, we need to take into account the people of the world and what they are doing at that particular moment, which is crazy. He's saying, when people around the earth are walking, moving their feet, they're creating a resonance inside the earth. As he's basically indicating some things that we've started to see now in this day and age, where we know with the experiments that, the social experiments, where Google can predict um, emotions in people that haven't happened yet, you know, through their searches. And we know that we're all connected and that has an effect on things we don't yet understand. Here in 1986, he's saying, not only do you got to take it, the technical aspects into consideration, you got to take all kinds of stuff that you guys aren't quite yet aware of yet into consideration. Every little bit of life is connected to each other and they all affect each other. And he says, we're taking that into account. That is the end of Project St. Peter, part three. Wow. And is that the end of Lab One? No. no. Nope. Oh, that's still not. Oh, my God. <laughs> nope. I can't believe how big that one is. Hey. You know, it, 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 takes me, it takes me a while to go through that. And I refreshed wow. on it as much as you guys do because I don't remember the whole thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, like a discovery. It's kind of like I see it as, uh, well, you know, Tiger King is popular, but it's not necessarily yeah. positive. Yeah. <laughs> I would say this is this is a discovery. This is a journey that we're all going on together, and we have no idea how it's going to turn out, but we are going to find out some things as we go. Like I don't have the answers. I really don't know all the answers to this project and what's going to happen as we move forward, but I'm excited to be sharing it with you guys. Throw us the website out one more time. We're going to link all it on our the site. Websites. Yeah, all, I mean, if you, if you care to do that, Keith, uh, we're going to link it to our site, but what are the websites? People can go to actually download it and, and read through the stuff that we were going through tonight. Okay, I'm going to start with, for this specific one, go to iDigitalMedium.com. That's the letter I and the words DigitalMedium.com. And when you click on articles, you will see Project St. Peter. There's only one page for Project St. Peter, so it's not. It's um, easy to find. And I have, project, I have labs one through five combined and there for you to download. It's 20 megabytes. I also have the same Google Drive sheet that we are just going off of. Mm -hmm. And as I go through these lab books, I put notes in here, and uh, anybody can look at it anytime they please and can help us develop it. Um, the other websites, should I go there, the other websites? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so between the three of us, myself, Tim Woolworth, and Jeremy Michael Bloxham, we've got a lot of efforts we're trying to bring under one big roof. Okay, so iDigital Medium does mostly research and experiments. We've had a lot of people volunteer over the years, and we appreciate you. Uh, 
Tim Woolworth has itcvoices.org, and that is his oldest website. I looked the other day, and I think there's a, there's a lot of articles on there. He also then went on with Jeremy Michael Bloxham to create paranormalstudy.com. We've also had a lot of assistance with someone named Karen Jarvie, and we appreciate her help all this time. Now, paranormalstudy.com has is, is really gotten pretty diverse with the content that they, that they bring to life. So those are Tim's two websites with Jeremy. Jeremy also works with, he calls it TDC Researchers. It's a work in progress, but it's him collecting information from various sources and sharing it and disseminating it. And he's also our, our key man when it comes to social media. He's the guy that blasts it all out there just to try to, to get it to the people that need it. Uh, yeah. um, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Where am I at? I feel like I missed something. So we're going to create a website called metasciencefoundation.com. Some people call it Metascience Foundation 2.0. We're okay with that. We think it's, a, it's an honorable um, descriptor, and we're very humbled by that. So metasciencefoundation.com is going to be the main organization that will have these sub-branches. It may change a little bit from what I say, depending upon how we move forward, but all of our websites, we're trying to combine all our efforts so that as we release material, it's all going to be connected to MetaScience. And MetaScience Foundation is the higher level organization. And so, you know, Ideas of Medium will do, is going to focus more on research and experiments. Yeah, but MetaScience Foundation is where all the historical videos are going to come out. Okay. So we're going to start to tell the history of ITC, um, and we're going to do it through stories. That's awesome. And you got your YouTube channel too, Faces and Sound, right? Well, Faces and Sound was like a spinoff. Okay. Um, okay, so we had the iDigital Medium YouTube channel. We were assisted with that by many people, might I add. Some people might not know that we have, I think it's 62 playlists. Okay. Like if you wanted to go research life after death, you could find 62, you could find 62 playlists that we've taken the time to take other people's videos and ours to make into a playlist. There's actually a lot of videos on there. Okay, so that is now becoming MetaScience Foundation's YouTube because it's already established. I'm going to do a little spinoff to where I get to do more experiments that um, are more, shall we say, way out there. The stuff I do is not traditional. It's, 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 it's very, I don't know if you call it left or right field, but whatever it is, <laughs> it's probably not any field. But we're going to we're trying to consolidate efforts, right? Because it's a lot of time and right. effort to do all these different websites. We're trying to figure out the most efficient, smartest way. We are going to be incorporated as a nonprofit, which will let, allow people to donate and they can claim it on their taxes, as well as it gives us opportunities for software and things like that that we can need to use. Because not only that, we're trying to preserve mountains of stuff. Not only do we want to educate and inspire people and bring information to them. We also want to preserve historical stuff. And there, there will be one of our visions is if somebody makes an agreement with us, they say, hey, at some point when I'm 90, we want you guys to take my website, take the, the information from it that's important, get it back out in the public domain, keep it there as long as you can right, for generations to come. That's also another one of our visions. But that's the essence of Metascience Foundation is the organization 
and everything else will fall under that and be considered different branches. I mean, paranormal study, we're not quite sure yet, but that's the essence of it. And we want this to go beyond our lifetimes into the future. Ghostly talk! <laughs>